Are you interested in public speaking or leadership skills? Then Toastmasters is for you. Welcome to the podcast, Toastmasters 101, where we talk about Toastmasters education program, Pathways. I'm your host, Kim Craggy. Have you ever seen a round robin evaluation? That's when everybody has the chance to comment, make a personal, very, very short evaluation comment. This takes a lot of time, which is why normal clubs don't usually do it. Advanced clubs tend to do it regularly, but these are so incredibly valued because you hear such a wide range of comments. For example, last week, my friend gave the first 10 minutes of a seminar she was going to give in three days. She started with a picture of her family, told the story of when she was a child, she was forced to take summer school because her older brother was failing math. It was all very sentimental. My take on it was it was a bit sad and there was a strong undertext of how heartless her father was to her, which was not true. She loved her father and had a close relationship with him. But my friend couldn't hear how she was coming across and what the opening of her seminar was sounding like. If she had depended on one evaluation, the one person who gave her their verbal evaluation, she would have never heard from me, your opening sucks. I know, you just gasped. I did too. Is it ever okay to say it sucked in an evaluation? How did I dare say such a thing? I would never say such a thing to a new Toastmaster. But this speaker has been a member for close to 15 years. She's earned our most advanced award, the Distinguished Toastmaster Award, and she's a really good friend. She knows I'm not being personal. I'm trying to make a point. I told her that the opening story was weak and had no hook. Instead, you should start with, why didn't you get a 100% Marsha? I wanted her to open with the emotional truth, not just objective facts. To me, it was so outrageous that she was scolded, even jokingly, for not having a perfect math test grade at age six. I wanted her to bring that. And by the way, I was there for the seminar she gave, and she delivered a fantastic presentation with an opening that had the audience in the palm of her hand. That's the value of an evaluator who's committed to helping you build your skills. Evaluations are the key to growth in your public speaking skills and Toastmasters. How do you evaluate? Does who the speaker is matter to you? Well, it should. It sucked should never be said to a new Toastmaster. Evaluation is the place for encouragement for the new Toastmaster, but it's also the place to tell a hard truth to an experienced speaker who needs to hear it, such as me when I gave an impromptu speech about vampire giraffes escaping from a zoo. You had to be there, really, but honestly, I was terrible. My evaluator tried really hard not to say that, but she should have. I deserved it. That speech sucked. Is that why there are three pages to the Pathways Evaluation Form? Did you remember there's a page three? When you get the Pathways Evaluation Form, there are three pages, promise. Page one is what everybody concentrates on. It's 
the what you did well, what do you need to work on, and what will challenge you questions. Page two covers essential speaking skills review. Page three is the standards matrix. So your evaluator can compare your presentation to those standards and grade you accordingly. Please, please, please do not expect all fives on the speaking skills page. It's a mistake. And if you're an evaluator and you do that, you're not doing the speaker any good. You're saying you're perfect when it's pretty likely they're not. All fives is a lazy way to go. Seeing a bunch of threes on page two is a good start. If you need to work on a skill, it should be noted by your evaluator, either on that page or in the section that says how to challenge yourself. I know some Toastmasters who can't be anything but kind. I think of my friend Greg, who might have agreed with me about my friend's speech intro, but they'd never be so brutal as to say it sucked. They're right. I could get away with this because my fellow speaker is a close friend. There aren't many people I'd say that to. I do have some guidelines about how to give a good evaluation that I try to use. Number one, be kind, but also be honest. If you're a new evaluator, you bring so much value to the speaker. You bring a new perspective. That's vital to speakers. They need to hear your reaction to the speeches, and you need to be honest about what you see and feel. Number two, never attack the speaker. There's a difference between a good evaluator and a poor evaluator. A good evaluator is never going to say, you're horrible, to a speaker. They're going to point out specific things that the speaker has done in their speech that need improvement. That's simply not kind to tell somebody they're horrible. That's just off. Number three, be specific about what you don't like. I had a specific problem with my friend's opening, and I had a suggestion for a solution. Now, that doesn't always happen, but when I have an idea that I think needs the speaker's consideration, I don't hesitate to put it out there. I also don't expect them to accept all of my ideas without any thought. I'm not the be-all and end-all of public speaking skills, and they need to put their own twist on what I say, or ignore it entirely. That's up to them. Just putting something out there as a new idea or perspective often inspires speakers to think about ways that they could change things up and make them better. It's a starting point. It's not the end. Ultimately, as an evaluator, our job is to help the speaker hear what they can't perceive about their own speech. Mannerisms, style, and sometimes content. Not usually, but sometimes. Advanced Toastmasters, when you've had the experience of writing and presenting speeches, you should know how to analyze the speech and how to give feedback in a constructive manner that will help the speaker. The page two and page three evaluation forms are there to help you give that speaker an evaluation that will impact their future presentations. So let's look at these two pages that most of us ignore entirely. In fact, sometimes I forget it's there and I don't even look at it. Many times people don't even print it out and give it to me. Let's nip that practice in the bud. While I dislike the three-page printout, Is there any reason that we can't do this on two pages and print it front and back? 
we can't ignore the essential speech skills evaluation. I get the point of providing metrics, of providing standards. What I'm seeing, however, is something else entirely. People aren't reading the metrics. They're simply going on their own perceptions. Now, that's not really surprising since the metrics are on another page entirely, and we concentrate on page one. Look at how we handle evaluations in the first place. We talk about what does the speaker do well, what could the speaker do to improve, and what would challenge the speaker. I think that this may be something that we, as we grow as evaluators, might want to reconsider as we learn how to evaluate. I'm not talking about the techniques of evaluation. I'm talking about the sequence in which we do it. The open page, write your comments format comes from the classic program in the manuals. The evaluators asked a series of questions and given space to write the answers. So we long-term Toastmasters are conditioned to write notes and answer the questions as preparation for our evaluations. But should we still be doing that? It is highly important to take notes during a speech to make sure that you give a concise, pertinent evaluation. You don't want to do what I frequently do and confuse presentations between two speakers, so I have to take notes. But those three questions are actually kind of reflective, aren't they? Don't you think those maybe should be after the speech? Now, for me, writing down points of growth during the presentation is imperative. If I don't write them down, I'm probably not going to remember them. So that middle question, what to improve, needs immediate attention from me, but I need to be paying attention to speaking skills as well. How do we adjust? First, let's just drop that page two altogether. Let's start to concentrate on the evaluation page three, and start by circling the answers that are there instead of going back to page two and filling in the circles. This saves time and effort and printing and paper if you're printing out your evaluations for your evaluator. This helps us focus on presentation skills, which for most of us, that's why we're here. The second thing I think we should change is leave page one, except for the things that you need to take notes on and want to comment on until after the end of the speech. In fact, I think if you're printing out the pages, print out page one and page three and put page three on top and then staple them together or put them back to front. Either way, tell your evaluator that this page must be used in the evaluation. I see this method having a few very positive changes. First, less retelling of the speech. Look, Madam Evaluator, I just heard the speech. I really don't need to hear you retelling it. Number two, less inclination on telling my story to match or beat the speaker's story. I understand this inclination. It's a response to the speech that you want to interact with somebody who's just told you a story. It's very human, but it doesn't add value to the speaker. Number three, it's going to force us to pay more attention on presentation skills. Far too often, we're not giving that attention that we need to give to these basic skills. Number four, 
more attention on the value of the speech to you as a listener. What was my takeaway from your speech? Was it successful in conveying the message that you wanted? So important and so often not mentioned. Therefore, I propose to you the page three pledge. Make this promise to start with the speaking skills matrix and make notes on that page and circle the appropriate levels for this speaker and this speech. Instead of using page two, let's just drop it. All it does is provide a place for some comments, and those can be written on page one. The real value isn't in the comments, actually. The real value of page two is in the metrics and how Toastmasters International has broken it down. That's what's on page three. So just drop page two. Nobody will mind. So let's take the page three pledge together. I promise to take this page as seriously as I do the first page of the evaluation form. How about you? Will you take that pledge with me? Thanks for listening to the Toastmasters 101 podcast. If you like the podcast, you can subscribe by going to the website, toastmasters101.net slash subscribe and tell a friend. Our podcast music is from incompetech.filmmusic.io. Toastmasters 101 podcast is a production of Toastmasters District 10.